Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's tough. It's a tough locker room in there. There's guys looking for answers, and, and the, the truth is, you know, we can't we can't continue to lose to ourselves. We got 12 penalties. You know, we got some some critical mistakes by uh, some of our older guys. Um, you know, offensively, you know, we, we another situation. Little adversity early in the game, and guys started to abandon their technique and, and and go away from the things that we've been teaching them to do, and just trying to play ball. and And that's that's just not who I am. That's not who we are as a program. And, and because of that, we're not playing complimentary football. You know, defense gave us some short fields. We couldn't capitalize. As soon as we hit a big play, then we have a, a mental mistake. You know, we have a holding call, a false start, something that gets us behind the chains. You know, and we knew going in, and we and we told them when we tried to prepare them today, there's going to be a lot of junk that goes on. Uh, in that interior with the multiple fronts. Hey, just stay the course. Don't abandon. That was one of the, the big points is, hey, don't don't abandon the plan. Don't abandon your technique. And we had that issue. Uh, but I give I give the guys credit, man. They fought back in the second half, and they started to have some success. And then you saw once a little bit of momentum, you know, what it does. Now, we didn't have the explosives uh, that, uh, that we're accustomed to and that we'd like to have, uh, but we found a way uh, to score some points. And defense kept us in the game long enough and kept giving us opportunities. Uh, but overall, when you have 12 penalties, okay, they turn the ball over four times uh, and you don't come away with, uh, with points uh, off those turnovers like you should, then, then you haven't earned the right to win the game. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoos 24-7. And you just heard from Virginia head coach Tony Elliott after the loss to Syracuse. Virginia losing 22-20 to on the road after failing to complete the second half comeback. And Elliot pretty much summed up what happened. They once again shot themselves in the foot in several instances 
and lost the game, leaving plenty of points on the field, a lot of missed opportunities, and some mental errors that cost them the game. Now, before we continue on our game recap, why don't you go ahead and like this video on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our channel. And then also, why don't you go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And also, please go ahead and leave us a review and rate us. That really helps us out on the algorithms for both YouTube and on the podcast on Apple and Spotify so that we can keep growing this podcast. So I appreciate that. But you don't want to hear from me about that. You want to hear about my thoughts on the game. So before we kind of dive into certain things that we saw on our closer look when we rewatched a game on Sunday nights with our Wahoos 24-7 subscribers, let me bring in the box score so you can see the stats on your screen. So here it is. This is the complete box score of the game for between Virginia and Syracuse. And one thing I want to point out is this is my first time covering a game at Syracuse um, at now the JMA Wireless, uh, not the Carrier Dome, but this was my first experience there. And though it wasn't a sellout crowd, my goodness was that loud. Um, it felt like a sellout crowd. You you felt vibrations from how, how loud it was to the great job by the students there. Um, and it did affect the play on the field. You saw that a little bit in the beginning of the game when the O-line was a little bit unsettled. We had a couple of false start penalties. And that's sort of mistakes you expect from an inexperienced O-line. So I, I just want to point that out first because that did have an impact on the game. Um, it was very, very loud. And poor Greg Medea, who sat near me, it looked at, like I'm Italian, so I use my hands. So I was using my hands and talking to him about the game and literally shouting. We both were shouting to each other, trying to talk to each other. And we still didn't understand a lot of the times what we were saying. So that was the type of the environment that Virginia was playing. Now let's go over some of these stats. Now the stats that really jump out at you is obviously if you look at the offensive stats, they had 287 total yards of offense, only 138 passing yards compared to 149 rushing yards. Obviously, when you think of this offense, especially when you know what they're able to do when last season, and it's hard not to compare it to last season. You see what they were able to do last season, and you see this now, and you're like, wow, okay. You would never have thought that. So they had only had 138 passing, and they had 138 passing on 38 attempts. Now, I think that's the one where you like, okay, that that is more glaring right there. And we're going to dive in, uh, dive in there in a second. So BA finished 19 of 38 for 138, one touchdown. One interception with a 50% completion rate. Paris Jones, great game by him. Great second half for Paris Jones. He's really started feeling it. He had 13 attempts for 87 yards, one touchdown for 6.7 average per carry. Um, Mike Hollins, I know it's not going to show this on the rushing side of things. He had two carries for 22 yards, averaging 11 to carry. On the receiving end, he had two catches for uh, 15 but he had a good game. He had a good game in pass protection and in run blocking. A lot of times he was that guy who stayed there in the back to help protect Brennan Armstrong. And sometimes, honestly, he was the last man in defense. And I'm actually going to show you a play where one of the Syracuse guys basically just runs right past Ty Furnish and Mike Hollins 
gave Brennan Armstrong just the second he needed to go in and run for a first down. So Mike Collins did a good job in this game and pass protection and, and run blocking as well. He was um, pretty consistent. Actually, Paris Jones and Mike Collins both did a good job in that area. Um, so, and then KT led the way in receiving with eight catches um, with 55 yards uh, averaging. Um, he also had, excuse me, he had uh, 52 yards per catch. Obviously, you know how hard it is to bring down KT. Um, I like the fact that after the first game and second game, uh, Des Kitchings realized what type of playmaker uh, KT is and started to feed KT, which is what you want from an OC and from a coach. You adjust to your playmakers, and they realize the instrumental part that KT can play on that offense. Um, when you look at the rest of the receivers, um, you can see that Dontavian Wicks had five catches for 42 yards. Um, he was targeted 10 times, so he had a completion rate of 50, 50%. So those are the main stats there for individuals. Um, again, they struggled to get third down conversions. This is the second row game on, in, in a row for them that they've had struggles there. They ended up 3-4-12 on third down. And remember, against Illinois, there were one four sixteen, and that one first down was actually a defensive holding, which gave them a first down. Um, so again, struggling there. And the big one for me also was that twelve penalties for one hundred six yards. Again, shooting themselves in the foot. Some of them did come on the offensive side. Obviously, we know about the face mask and the targeting call, which we'll talk about that on the second half of the show. So when you look at those, yes, those go on the. Um, Defensive side, and obviously there's another holding call that negated Cam Butler's sack. So those are three calls on the defense that you go, okay, the, those um, did give Syracuse chances. But a lot of the ones that occurred that I that stands out to me are actually on the offense because they delay the momentum going. A lot of them happened in the first half, like a couple false starts. Um, I think Jonathan Leach had two false starts in that first half. Again, I talked about the inexperience playing in that road environment and being very loud you can see how that could play a game in an experienced O-line. Now, defensive stats. Um, I know we're going to talk about the defense a little later, but I just want to point this out because I, I, I really think this shows how much this team has progressed under Coach Wardzinski and his assistants. When you look at the defensive stats, you see that Cuse was only able to amass 75 yards net on the ground. Sean Tucker... One of the best running backs in the game right now only had 60 yards rushing, averaging 2.9 yards per carry. And then Sean Tucker receiving, because don't forget, he's been a good instrumental part in the passing game too. He only had 39 yards receiving. And Gaston, this is the one where I was worried about. I mentioned this in the game preview. I thought this was going to be a possible mismatch nightmare, especially if they work him inside the slot. And he was in the first half. He finished with 113 yards receiving, but after adjustments in the second half, he only had one catch for 10 yards. He also had two passes thrown to him in that second half, which were for incompletions. So that mismatch that I was worried about played a role in that first half, but they didn't play a role in the second half. So they did a good job on that front. So that's just a roundup of some of the top stats to kind of tell you overall what the story was. Um, let's dive in a little bit 
on the offense, because that's what most people are worried about when it comes to Virginia. I know that it's tough and it's when in sports, there is a no moral victory. You win or you lose. But like I like we've been saying with the defense, defense shows progress every single week. So does the offense. And I know it's hard to kind of wrap your head around saying like, Jackie, we still lost. We still left points on the field. Um, yes, but some of those problems were on special teams. You missed two kicks in the field goals. Maybe you shouldn't have gone for those. Maybe you should have gone on fourth down. Maybe you should have gone with another kicker who has a stronger leg but has not been proven yet on the road and type that environment. Um, again, a lot of other questions. But the offense did show improvement, especially in that second half, especially in that third quarter. The O-line did show improvement. I will say, and I think there's a lot of criticism of Brennan Armstrong around saying that he should be benched and all that stuff. I still think people are underestimating how much pressure B.A. is under right now with this new offensive line. Now, we use pro, pro football focus a lot on Wahoo's 24-7, just kind of look at how they grade out and looking through the snaps. And one thing that really shows how much he is, he was the most pressured quarterback in the country for the last few weeks. He is now the fifth. So they were number one. He's number five. So there's there's improvement, slight improvement. But that's what we're talking about here. Um, and a lot of it, if they broke down by where they're seeing the pressure, a lot of it is due to the O-line when you look at the, the breakdown. Now, against Syracuse, for the first time that I've kind of been tracking this, um, as far as against Power 5 opponents, they were number 81. So or in the country, again, it's this, there's still pressure there, but it was a little improvement compared to, you know, overall being number one to drop down number five. So they are moving in the right direction, um, but he's still one of the most pressured quarterbacks. So first there's that. And also when you are being pressured so much, and I'm going to actually bring up um, one of the gifts here um, that are using closer look, and you're going to see that Ty Furnish was beat. Mike Collins, bless his heart. He gave him uh, Brandon Armstrong a couple seconds uh, with his own block there so that Brandon Armstrong can uh, get that first down. You can see how much pressure he's on. Also, that was a high snap. So when you see that, you can see the one of the things that's going to affect him mentally because no one likes to get hit. Brandon Armstrong is a tough dude. Like his high school coach told me for that feature I did last year, he is a quarterback with a safeties mentality. He isn't, he's not scared to be hit. But man, if you get hit over and over and over again, you're going to try to avoid to get hit. And one of the things that's going to happen is you might learn bad habits. And that was one of the things that I mentioned, I think, in the first or second episode after game recaps. That was one thing that, you know, I was concerned about. And when you see the pressure, and I'm going to bring another one here. Um, where uh, BA is obviously uh, pressured. When you see how much pressure he's under, he's going to start throwing off his back foot and he's going to start to try to release the ball soon, even when he's not having that pressure. You know, the O-line did a much better job as the game went on, as Coach 2J was able to adjust and let them know what he's seeing when the defense is giving them. And when they adjusted a little bit the game plan in the third quarter, which we'll touch on in a second. So 
we saw all that. But BA is still mentally thinking, I need to get this ball out because I don't trust my protection. And it's always, it's always easy to lose that trust. You know, it's an everyday life. You, you lose that trust. It's hard to gain it back. So he needs to gain it back. And it's going to take a while. It's going to take more games. And your hope is that this will start clicking and the timing will get better once BA feels one comfortable to adjust his own way in the scheme, but also that he earns, he, he gets that trust back that he has protection. Now, the one thing we did see is there was a change at center. Uh, Ty Furnish was switched out to for Justice Johnson. And that was due to 2J saying like, I think Justin Johnson would be a better fit for this role. Um. And I am actually going to bring up uh, pro football focus. Again, we do pro football focus grades. Um, if you go to our uh, 24-7 site, you're going to see this more in detail um, just so you can see all the grades. So I'm just going to show one part of what we discuss on our site. So this is the uh, pass blocking grade. If you notice the pass blocking grade, you have Ty Furnish at a 16.8. And Justin Johnson's, who was better, he was better under center. Um, he was better at center. Uh, it was 24.8. Um, John Paul Flores was graded 54.8. Logan Taylor, uh, was 63.0. Um, Jonathan Leach was actually, uh, improved himself in the last few games, 68.3. And Derek Devine has been pretty steady, um, in pass blocking. He's a 73.2. And like I said, Mike Collins and Paris Jones, again, were, were pretty consistent that they, they did well in the pass blocking. So that's pass blocking. You can see, what BA is dealing with just, this is a snapshot. Obviously we don't PFF doesn't have access to the plays or what have you, but this is a good, just, this is what we're seeing. Um, and then when it comes to run blocking, which is what we, we saw the difference when the run game was able to go. And that was something that I mentioned in my predictions. I thought they were going to run the ball more because I thought that was an opening that they can do against Syracuse. When I watched Syracuse plays, I thought they can go up the middle a little bit um, against them. So when you saw here, you see Justice Johnson was the best run blocker. That is the difference that Justin Johnson will do to you when you put him under center, when you put him at center. And then Brendan can have a little bit more time. So him and then Logan Taylor, John Paul Flores, Derek Devine, they all graded out pretty well. Um, obviously, you see Ty Furnish uh, is at 53.5. Uh, Jonathan Leach at 52.1, but he graded out a little better in pass blocking. So when you see this, you see the potential that UVA has with Justice Johnson at center um, for run blocking, but you can see what type of pressure Brendan is being dealt with here. Um, and here's a little breakdown um, of the passing situation for Virginia and BA. If you notice, he's having really a lot of struggles with deep passes. Um, and that's a lot to do with timing. He's releasing a little bit too early a lot of times, um, or, or he's, he, by releasing it, he's overthrowing the ball. Um, wide receivers are not in the position yet because it's thrown out or wide receivers are not getting the separation that is needed. So you can see that the numbers aren't there. He's completed only two passes past 10 yards. Um, and then you can see that a lot of the short passes, those are the ones that are completed. And that's what the third quarter was about third quarter was Paris Jones having that flashy moment, having that moment where he can get out there and run the ball. And also those short passes that gives you confidence um, that play action to Grant Mish was 
was a great play call. And the adjustment that those Kitchings and the staff did was great. Um, I wish they got it sooner, but obviously they did. It came about in the third quarter. Um, and you saw that they were able to adjust. That's something that we've been saying, like in, this, in the defense, I've been able to adjust. This game showed that this offense can adjust. They lacked the execution a few times, but you can see the things coming together. Um, and you can see where the passes were more successful. They were in the middle and the outside. This is where you notice that Billy Kemp is really missed. This is a game that Billy Kemp would probably would have really thrived in, which is a shame that he was uh, he couldn't come in. Obviously, he was dealing with an illness, and he didn't have time to get cleared. Um, he was dealing with dehydration from that illness, which is uh, so. Again, that was again that that this kind of illustrates our point. Short passes are going to help BA gain that trust with the O-line right now. And I think that's where you're going to see this offense kind of trend moving forward. Pursuing that run game a little bit more because you see that difference with Justin Johnson in the center, uh, and you can see that they're able to block. And then Paris Jones, I know a lot of people are saying, why don't we see Xavier Brown more? I get it. You see that. You see that. I just showed you the pass blocking uh, protections, and who were the first two there? Mike Collins and Paris Jones. And they're, uh, so. You can see why um, in those incidents. Um, I'm going to put that chart back up there. You can see why Xavier Brown wasn't on there as much. He was fifth with 67.7, so not bad. But again, you can see what Virginia was trying to do. They were, they were trying to help BA, and this was one way they wanted to do it from. So you can see why Xavier Brown was not part of this, the game plan in that regard. Um and then once the second half goes, you know, I mentioned this in my game recap last week. I didn't like the fact that they brought Cody Brown in for that one particular drive. I like the fact that you go with a hot hand. Paris Jones was the hot hand. So you want to go with Paris Jones in those crucial moments. So again, that didn't bother me as much uh, when you look at the bigger picture. Um, the one thing that does bother me a little bit was that this defense, this offense is still showing that if things are, if they're, things aren't going well, they, they panic. BA still has that. This is something we didn't see from this offense last year. Um, and again, it's still, you're, you're still falling back on what you did last year. You're seeing that from this offense. You're like, this is not working up. This is, we're going into panic mode. We have three quarters to play, but it's panic mode after this first drive that didn't work out for us. And I think that is the um, main thing that this offense needs to just calm down, trust the process. It's hard. It's hard for everybody to trust the process. It takes a while, um, you know, and even my life, you know, we are dealing with, you know, my side is type one diabetes. And there's some days that it's really stressful. You know, we're, we have to trust his pump and sometimes, you know, we're, we're learning and things go wrong, but we just know we have to trust the process. It's hard. It doesn't take, we're learning, you know, we're trying to be my son's pancreas. It takes a while. And this, this is a new scheme. It takes a while. So you got to just trust the process that eventually things will start clicking. Um, you, you know, my son's A1C was 16 point something when he was diagnosed. We just got back. He's finally under eight. It was a slow process. Um, it, it takes time. So that is something that this offense um, is just trying to do. And I think a lot of it is mental. They have the talent. They have the skills. They have the technique. They just need to trust their technique. Trust in this process. And hopefully there's a light bulb moment that will come on. Things are getting better. As I said, Brennan Armstrong was the most pressured quarterback 
coming after the Illinois game. It got a little bit better against ODU. It's gotten a little bit better after Syracuse. So small improvement for Brendan needs to Brendan needs to know that he can trust his protection again. So that is the offense in a nutshell. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about the defense. So we're back. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back to the good old podcast i'm jack franchilli for wahoo's 24 7 and we we just got finished recapping a lot of the offensive um stats a lot of what we saw from the recap what we saw from the offense so we're going to move to the defense. And honestly, this can be short and sweet when it comes to the defense because, wow, this defense has come a long way since last year. You know, I mentioned some of the stats early on, and I'm just going to reiterate it again, um, what I wrote here. Sean Tucker had 60 yards rushing, averaged 2.9 yards per carry. That is two weeks. No, yeah, two games in a row that they stopped. Well, road games in a row, two power five. Sorry, ODU. That's two running backs in a row that they were able to minimize the damage. Again, bend, not break. They're living by that motto. Against Syracuse, one touchdown. The rest, they had to settle for field goals. And again, they adjusted well. I mentioned what you know they did with Gatskin, where they realized that he was a, a mismatch issue, and they adjusted. Now, that is one area where I still think they need improvement. 
if you notice, um, that was one thing that is still a concern because they can, any team can just do an inside cut and then go in the slot and then boom, there's going to be a, a big play. Now that was actually one thing they did do this game. They allowed this game that they didn't allow in the further on the other games was they had nine big plays allowed on passing of 15 yards or more. And then two big plays on the ground of 10 yards and more. So they did have some big plays that they allowed again in the red zone. They were clutch. They prevented red zones. Um, the other thing is Anai was Anai in this game. If you remember some of the play calls sometimes that frustrated you. And when he was at Virginia, he did it again again when he was at Syracuse. There was things that he was doing with Gatskin in the first half. Again, inside cut going in or a slant. And he didn't do that again for a while. And we saw actually him starting to do that again in the second half. And um, I think that was also what affected some of the stuff. But again, the defense didn't allow him to really adjust because they were bringing the pressure. And I'm actually going to bring this up because defense is a beautiful thing. We should just watch this all the time. Cam Butler with a sack. That was that was excellent from him. But he actually, when you look at it, he actually went too far out and then came back, bounced off his guy, and then got it back. Lex Long had a missed tackle there. Um, but but just grabbing him just for a second, um, they were able to actually bring him down. So kudos to them. And actually, I'm going to show another just compilation of um, great defense with them swarming Syracuse's QB. And then afterwards, QB getting picked off by Jonas Sanker. Um, his first pick of the season. Syracuse coming into this game as one of five FBS teams without one turnover. They turn over the ball a few times against Virginia. So again, good job by Virginia's defense. I know everyone's going to talk about Hunter Stewart's face mask. Him and James Jackson came on when Josh Anhorn was hurt and Nick Jackson was ejected due to targeting, and they did a good job. The young guys, James Jackson, showed vast improvement from his first game against Richmond. Nothing drastic happened against Sean Tucker. He knew his assignment, he was disciplined, and he did well. And so did Hunter Stewart. I think also when you look at that secondary, they're depleted in numbers right now. Like we reported, Antonio Clary was dressed but could not go. It was a game-time decision. It was hopeful that he could play, but then as game day reached, it didn't seem like he was going to go because he wasn't able to practice as much. And then when you looked at the roster, Cohen King did not travel with the team. We're hearing he's injured as well, and it could be long-term. So they were depleted in numbers. Again, they did a good job preventing some of the this air right offense getting too much yardage. And actually, let's look at here. Again, they were able to get 220, 277 passing yards. Again, they finished with 352. They did a good job. Um, defensively, some stats. Nick Jackson led the way with uh, 10 tackles. Jonas Sanker had 10. Uh, Darius Branton had nine. Lex Long had eight. So again, defense did a good job. And I'm just going to end with one more thing. The targeting rule needs to change. That is a no-brainer. Um, when you see Nick Jackson being ejected for that tackle, you just have to shake your head and wonder, when is the NCAA going to do something about it? At that point, he was committed to that tackle. And then quarterback Schrader changed his level. What is Nick Jackson going to do? What can he do in that instant? And I felt really bad for Nick 
when you look at just the sequence of events. First, what a tackle. Um, when I told you guys about how loud it was, you could hear every tackle this Virginia defense was doing. They were going out hard. They were flying. And we heard that tackle. But as soon as that yellow flag went on the field, Nick knew. Nick knew. He put his two hands on his head and just bent down. It's got to be frustrating for him. That was a play where you can just shake your head and be like, you talk about penalties that Virginia needs to clean up. This was not one of them. That was a football play. And I'm going to end with that because that just fired me up. So again, thank you again so much for listening to my game recap. Um, We are going to go back to our normal schedule since the road game at Duke is a Saturday night game. So I'll be able to travel on Saturday rather than having to travel early. So we're going to have the takeaways from Tony Elliott on Wednesday and game preview on Thursday. Um, I will have a caveat on that. I mentioned my son a little while ago. Good news, he's getting a new insulin pump uh, actually today on Monday, which means we are going to be learning how to use this new automated insulin pump. When it comes to that, that means we might have a couple of nights where we don't sleep as much. So, or we, I might have to go to his school to help the school nurse um, just adjust to this new pump. So I might not be able to get these podcasts up in the same time as I usually do. So that is just a little caveat. I hope to do everything normal and schedule. Everything goes smoothly, but that's just a little caveat. So the plan right now is to have the takeaway episode on Wednesday and then the game recap episode. I mean, a game preview episode for Duke on Thursday. So again, thank you so much for listening. And I hope we have a good rest of your week and we'll be right back here later on. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.